Hello and welcome to RBL Weekly, the show where we cover the top five battles of the week in the Roast Battle League. I am the commissioner of the Roast Battle League. My name is Pat Barker, and I'm joined by Season 2 Comedy Central champion, back for a second week in a row, Frank Castillo. What's up, dude? What's up, man? Feels so great to be here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. the studio oh, audience. Oh, shit. We got a studio audience Oh, now. this is crazy. That's exciting. I didn't even, I didn't even see him there. That's, that's wild. Two weeks in a row you're filling in. Yeah. This was supposed to be uh, me and Sarah Keller, uh-huh. and then we're both very busy people who mm-hmm. uh, travel the world and get COVID. Yeah, yeah and I so, have nothing going on. So you are perfect. always we hit the we hit the the bat phone and Frank answers. Yeah, absolutely. Hell I yeah! I put my weed pipe down. And I was like, I'll show up. <laughs> well, it's good to have you because uh, we got a lot going on in the roast battle league right now, and who better to break it down than somebody who's been a champion? And you know, everybody talks about your season two Comedy Central. That's the big deal. But long before we were on TV. You were a champion in the belly room. Yeah, man. I was just killing door guys trying to get a job at the comedy store and I had to prove myself. I think it was like 6-0 and oh was uh, the undefeated record at the time. It was the, yeah, 6-0. Six, six oh. A few other people matched it. And then uh, I, I don't know that it's been beaten to this day. No, I think it has to have. Someone has to have been beaten it by now. Six seemed to be the, the wall that everybody ran into. Yeah, well, it was also like you start to get against good people and then like you actually start having like challenges. Yeah. And then you see everyone's growth. Because I truly believe after like two or three battles, people plateau. And then depending on their level of comedy... That next few battles is where they either like get better or they like add another level to their writing, um, or they just fail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we've we've seen a lot of both. Absolutely. It's it's always fun to watch somebody get punched in the face for the first time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's so great where they're like, oh, because the first few battles I always feel people can like skate on off the top of the head humor or very much like, you know, easily written jokes and then fourth or fifth battle it's like you go against someone who's like been doing comedy for a long time and then they're like oh shit i didn't even think of that angle yeah i didn't think of that joke i have nothing to come back from and then like you feel the momentum of the crowd and then you're like oh shit this is now a real battle for sure yeah. for sure it's great to have you on because you are going to be connected to a few of these battles today in ways that we're going to talk about but f- before we get to the five battles i want to send a shout out to uh one of our divisions that has yet to be featured on rbl weekly uh that is roast battle tokyo those guys have worked very hard to get their scene back up and running unfortunately the whole country has covid everybody in japan all at once has covid uh so they are working hard to get us some uh some good footage they had to postpone a couple shows but i'm excited to see what they have going on over there and i know i wanted to talk to you about this real quick because i know you've been over there yeah you went over there actually to judge roast battle in tokyo a few years ago what, yeah. what was that scene like it was amazing it was right after i think it was around the time they were having like jfl and then uh i went to tokyo and then I got to like meet a bunch of people and I got to meet like their roast battle. Cause I remember they were talking about the roast battles in America and they were so enamored with them, so excited about them. And it was just cool meeting so many different people. And the audiences that showed up to their roast battles were not only Japanese people, but also expats and like yeah. people that were dating Japanese people. So it was a nice, cool variety. So like it was just very interesting to see like Japanese battlers um, battle non Japanese people and then see how it hits um, on the crowd. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. There was definitely like cultural local references that I didn't get at all, <laughs> right, but right. everyone was like dying laughing and I was like, oh, someone's going to have to explain this to me, but it was still so cool to see these battlers and just their different like 
jokes and just their different caliber of comedians they have yeah they got a a great thing going on over there and we'll be looking at them shortly but we're going to start this week with the number five battle and this comes from a place that you once called home the bay area yeah i love it born and raised so we're going to start up in the bay this week uh this was a battle that happened on short notice somebody dropped out uh last second replacement these guys are good friends and they went at each other and they they had a really good battle on short notice this is spencer sellins versus david thorne from roast battle bay area at number five this week. Let's check it out. Thank you, everybody, for coming. My name is Spencer Sellins. I originally, you have to forgive me if I have some rough jokes, I originally wrote them for a black guy with six kids. <laughs> Thank you for laughing at that part. Now, I have to roast a white guy with six kidney stones. <laughs> I was uh, going to come up here and make fun of Spencer for being gay, but Pride Month and gay people have been through enough without being associated with Spencer. Let's see, David seems like the kind of guy to watch incest porn for lessons. Spencer looks like a white supremacist and his family's British, so he definitely hates both kinds of Indians. You know, the racism is a little bit rich coming from David because this is the only man who actually sounds like a Jim Crow law. I might sound like a Jim Crow law, but I don't look like gentrification. Spencer says he's always wanted kids even though he isn't allowed a hundred feet. is taking Viagra, taking his pants off in the mirror and looking and saying, the South will rise again. It's funny because I only need Viagra when I'm with Spencer. Wow, that was... uh, That was was good. For number five. Yeah. We, we've been through a couple rougher around the edges number five battles this week. This is a loaded week. That was really good. That was really, really good. It was so fun to watch. Uh, uh, what was the guy on the right, the the bald guy from the south? Uh, that was David. David. It was fun to watch David stumble and then get hit pretty hard and then immediately like take his Bible belt off and then just like, <laughs> like I'm here. You know what I mean? It was really great. No doubt, and like I, honestly, the I I don't know how short of a notice that battle came together on, but apparently it was pretty last minute. And um, I've been in a position a couple times where they have uh, you know, we've had things fall apart, and I've been asked to do a battle like last minute, and I've turned it down because that terrifies me to have to write those jokes and just like go up there without time to memorize them. You see, they were reading off the the, the phones and everything like that. But man, they had some really good shit. Yeah, sometimes I think. Uh, that low there that like a uh, short notice it, it can be good and it can be really bad because there's times where like you can just rattle off jokes and you write like the good jokes the the ones that are like the you haven't had time to overthink and like rewrite and mm-hmm. really like fuck yourself over right there's sometimes where you're like oh yeah i could do this and you write like five jokes and you're like oh these are all great they're all yeah. different these are all perfect yeah well that was one thing i always found when i was writing like at the beginning i don't know how many like when we first started i would write like 60 jokes for a battle yeah you know what i mean now i'll write like seven yes but back in the day you would write 60 and when you got done you would find like 
the first like eight were the best ones. Yeah. And then you were just putting out trash. Absolutely. For no reason. Just, just terrible. Yeah. So then, sometimes the first instinct is the best. Absolutely. And then you'll convince yourself that one of these trash ones is like, this is the banger. And yeah. then you do it and then there's just silence and you're like, oh, fuck. Yeah, 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 yeah. For, for sure. One thing that I, I noticed watching the battle um, is that it seemed like David was having a ton of fun up there. Mm-hmm. Spencer had this. Like, we haven't talked, I don't think, on the, the show yet about the idea of playing defense. Yes. You know, people have different sort of strategies when it comes to it. Some people are big. Keith Carey, one of my favorite battlers ever, will laugh harder at a joke about him than anybody else in the room does. Yeah, yeah. And it makes him very endearing. Likeable. Very likable, very endearing. Spencer had this kind of thing, and I, it probably wasn't even planned, but every joke that hit, he just kind of gave a look like, nah, that joke is... No, that joke stinks. Uh, and I, I don't feel like that's maybe as effective. I feel like the, mm-hmm. the energy from David laughing at the shit was like more infectious. Absolutely. There's something about two people battling where if I'm watching you battle and I know it's consensual and I see you go, oh, that joke stinks. It's like, well, no, everyone's laughing. Like we're all, you can't say it sucks because everyone's collectively laughing at you. <laughs> right, 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 right. So and it's easier to be like, all right, that was good. Because we also want to know and see that you're taking the joke in stride. And it's funnier because then you're like, all right, that was good, but here's mine. Yeah. Because it's all in fun. If, if it seems like, Ugh, it's like, oh, okay, well then now I like you a little bit less as an audience member. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with that. But yeah. overall, fantastic battle. Number yeah. five, what a way to start this week. So Shout great. out to the Bay Area. Um, they're doing big things up there. Um, by the time this episode airs, uh, they will have already had their big August 11th battle where Paige Wesley, uh, you know, who's you've seen on this show, uh, legend in the belly room is going up there to battle one of their top people, Morgan Anderson. I love, um, love it. Which is going to be amazing. So hopefully by the time you're seeing this shortly after, we're going to be showing you that battle because I, I think that one's going to be a banger. I love Rampage. Absolutely. Uh, so we're going to head across the country now. We are going to go to New York where we have a, a couple of guys from uh, one of their shows over there. This is Eric Asker versus Brooks to Will. Now, I talked to Matt Marin, who uh, runs a show over there called Comedy Fight Club. Mm-hmm. Um, shout out to Comedy Fight Club. Check out their stuff, too. Great place. And he was saying that Eric Asker is one of their top battlers. Uh, I believe this is his first time doing an official RBL battle. Um, and I was really impressed with this one. Uh, there's a... A lot of differences between the two battlers, as you'll see instantly as soon as they take the stage. Uh, from New York, this is number four, Eric vs. Brooks. Let's check it out. <laughs> Real quick, before we get started, can we get him a step stool? Like, do you have a step stool that can hold a lot of weight? Anybody? Hey, it's Hold it's on. very weird. 
Oh, I said that wrong. I, I meant to say, um, Brooks would skip the gym to eat spam. That's <laughs> not kosher, Eric. Hold on, I, I read that wrong again. It says... <laughs> it says, Brooke has more chins than hands. <laughs> I got it right that time. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know what's more embarrassing for Eric, teaching improv at a high school or having to live at least five miles from one. <laughs> So sometimes we have battles on the show that are really competitive. The first yeah, battle yeah. we saw tonight, I felt like it was a really good back and forth. Could go either way. And then you have ones where it's maybe not the most uh, even battle, but somebody comes out of it looking like a star. And to me, that was Eric Asker on that one. That was the Jewish kid? The tall the left, one. The tall one? They're both Jewish. Oh, okay. They both made like back, there was like a Hitler joke followed by a Holocaust joke. Shout yeah, yeah, out yeah. Roast Battle, by hey, the way. Hey, you know, history buffs. Yeah. Um, but Eric was the, the tall guy. And what I loved about Eric was, you know, when you do a bunch of battles, there's like a bag of tricks, right? right like yeah. the rebuttal is one, yeah, yeah. like, you know, all that kind of stuff. And he kind of pulled out everything, including some twists I've never seen that the pretending... We, we talk about people using the phones, right? Yeah, and yeah. ideally, you know, it, kind of an amateur look sometimes. Absolutely. But to be able to pull off that where he doubled back and was three like, times? fuck, yeah, I yeah. misread that. Yeah, exactly. Three different. I've never seen the triple play pulled off like yeah, that. Yeah. I've that seen was it a, done twice or once. I, it was, that was a new one for me yeah. where he's like, I read it wrong. I read it wrong again. And every time uh, it worked and having the phone out enhanced that one. Absolutely. But also each... each uh punchline for that like setup was different but also similar enough to where it was still like funny and it was like they're like puns but still like each one had a well written and added to each uh, layer so it was like all right this is still like really funny like more chins than hands and they became it more outrageous right yeah rather eat spam than go to the gym it was really really good it was it was really good and brooks kind of fell into all the traps brooks started with a looks like joke which by the way if you look Worse than the guy you're bad like. Don't do what looks it's like tough. Just don't don't nah. do it because you are opening the door for what appears to be uh, like a rebuttal, but you're just you're it's you're throwing an alley oop to your opponent. Yeah, you're gonna get dunked on hard. Yeah, yeah for sure. For the sure. Only, the only joke I didn't like was the uh, it was like the long nose like late to a show joke. I was like I feel like I've seen that so many times, but I get it. You know, it was it was very uh, joke booky. Yeah, I was like, Ugh, I know for sure. So not a flawless performance, no. but uh, damn close to it. Yeah, great. Um, and that's that's what I love about some of these shows from New York because New York actually runs in two venues. They have the New York Comedy Club, mm-hmm. which they reserve for their bigger battles, and then this one is at a place I believe it's called Grove Thirty Four. Okay, uh, where it's supposed to be like newer guys and we are uh you know discovering the future of the rbl some new stars uh you know a few weeks ago it was talent harris we saw there in new york this time it was eric asker and they are just coming in and really making a name for themselves there was a battler recently at the tuesday shows who tore it up i think it was last tuesday and they had done they came up through Fight Club in New York. Priya Blunts. Yes, and I was like, oh, this is... I was like, the whole time I was watching, she was like, this is my first battle. I was like, you've done this before or somewhere else or gotten good because you're so... like you were, She was on top of it. Absolutely. We, we frankly wanted to feature that battle today, but it was too much of a massacre to even... Yeah. Uh, because it was I it goes mean, against community guidelines wherever we post that video. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. We would get kicked off of multiple social medias for posting like an actual dead body. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, whereas Brooks, I, I thought, I thought held his own. I thought it was a clear win for Eric. Um, but I just love that he had all of the tricks in his mm-hmm. bag ready to go. He utilized all of them. He had different types of jokes. He started out 
addressing the elephant in the room immediately with the does anybody have a step stool so simple oh, right. yeah. yeah so if it, you heard the cl- the crowd explode yeah. at, the, at that one yeah. um really took what left of really took out the legs that he had left yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. that's why he's the champ uh so we are now going to go across the pond to jolly old england uh london has been putting out some really high quality content recently and i'm excited for you, Frank, to see this battle because I watched it for the first time uh, yesterday, and uh, I won't spoil it. Let's just let's just get into it. This is from England, uh, from London. This is Adam Green versus Jonathan Cogan, number three battle this week. Let's check it out. Adam looks like the kind of man who hides naked in a wardrobe, secretly watching somebody else fuck his wife, <laughs> which is actually how we met. <laughs> In fact, Adam was a prominent member of the cuckolding community for many years before he realized it. (laughs) (laughs) Jokes on him, I can't fit in any wardrobe. (laughs) (laughs) This is my good friend, um, Jonathan (laughs) Cogan. Jonathan describes himself as a sex addict, um, although looking the way he does, he's probably more of a wanking enthusiast. Thank you, Danny Diabetes. Adam tells everyone he meets that he's a dog lover, but he's meant to say legally registered dog lover. Now it's no surprise he's eaten a few hot dogs, but we'll go down on the ugly dogs too. I deserve more. I think you deserve less. Adam's surname is Green, which is ironic because he's never eaten anything that colour. Okay. So he doesn't like to go on about it, for Adam is bisexual. And at secondary school, he got the nickname Mr. Potato Head. Not just because they had the same body shape, but because he gave anyone a blowjob for a bowl of chips. <laughs> Jonathan. Um, Jonathan um, describes himself as having anger issues, uh, so he really is the Incredible Hulk of wanking. <laughs> Too many wanking jokes. I hear you guys. I liked it. Okay. Thanks, man. Adam, you look like the human embodiment of a hangover. You look like Wolverine if his mutant power was to tragically give himself liver disease. Now recently Adam's drinking had gone so bad that he was thrown an intervention and it was attended by every person who truly cared about him. Nobody came. Should have entered up and dead in it, alright? Nobody came being the title of Jonathan's sex tape. Alright, so let's start with the obvious. It's in it's in it's in 
it's in a different country yes <laughs> it had a very british flair oh to my it. god it felt like i couldn't tell if they were like roasting each other or trying to decide who was going to buy the next round <laughs> i you know a lot of uh thank you the studio audience really <laughs> liked that one hell yeah yeah, a lot of a uh, lot of wanking uh, material in there. Yeah, um, I feel like every it's it's like watching them battle is always so interesting to me because the audiences there are so funny because you literally heard like, you know, when when jokes don't do well here, you'll just like the audience will just be quiet. But over there, you'll audibly hear someone just be like, "Huh," in like the <laughs> accent, and it's so funny. Or they're like, "Aw," <laughs> like they're just so audibly like you can hear them. It's great. So, but as far as the actual content of the battle, look, we judge these things based off of crowd reaction. That's mm -hmm. just normal. And I think anybody would watching would say that Adam Green fucked uh, Jonathan up. Yeah, like yeah. it wasn't particularly close. But I wanted to get into this with you because we've always said that Roast Battle is a joke writer showcase. That was the first tagline for the show. It's all about joke writing, joke writing. If you gave me those jokes on paper, Jonathan's jokes, top to bottom, were significantly better written and, and and you know more layered i i'm a writing nerd so i love yeah, yeah. like the double entendres yeah. and the jokes and all the different literary tools he used every single one of them to write some of the most well-crafted jokes i've heard in a minute and the audience just did not enjoy any yeah. of them and yeah. that i've fallen into that trap i've yeah. written one where i'm like it's way smarter than it is funny yes necessarily yes. and and he just he got you know personality wise he got destroyed yeah a lot of it is too it's performance personality it's likability and this is something that uh i've always realized is you can't be too smarter than your audience yeah it's a roast show so we're all having fun we all want you know what i mean we're all we're at the we're, <laughs> no, no, no. It's never happened to me, but I've seen it happen to other comics. Specifically, one I, I in had particular. This, I had the same thought, but I, I no, was no, trying I, to be And I'll say the name, and you guys can believe it out. But uh, Stuart Thompson is a perfect example mm. of his comedy. He's very funny, great writer. But there's times where you see him do stand-up, and you're like, oh, you think you're smarter than the audience. And they can tell, and they fucking hate you. Right. Some people. Like Some people. Yeah, but it, his is more like it's it's smart, but you're getting led to like a very funny punchline. <laughs> so like, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, a hundred percent. So a lot of this was like, yeah, there are very long, well-written jokes and I like it, but that punch has to be like, and you know, certain jokes you can tell the audience was like, uh, cause you took them such a long place. I think also making them think is a risky proposition in, mm -hmm. in roast battle. To use mm -hmm. the Mr. Potato Head joke, for instance, like, the, you know, the fact that, you know, Potato and then the, the head and he equated it to giving a blowjob for well a thing of shit. Joke, it yeah. works on like every different level. And I love that. But the joke that got the biggest reaction was you look like the human embodiment of a hangover because everybody sees it. They get it. There you go. hundred percent. Yeah. So like that's always uh, an interesting lesson to learn for for new people when you know you're you're reading their jokes because people send you jokes and be like what do you think of these and some of them you're like that's the best joke i've ever written and i've ever read and you should absolutely not do it yeah because it will it will die in the room yeah sometimes the audience just isn't not that they're not smart but it's just like ah, eh, like yeah that's a long well-written joke but also just you said he looked like a bag of chips and just the way his shirt kind of looks like the same colors as the ruffles logo right right, right. like it's just gonna crush harder yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'll never forget the, the first time I learned that I was battling uh, Cena Abinson, mm -hmm. who became the Saudi Prince, uh, roast battle legend. And uh, in the last round, we were doing a three round battle. And in the last round, every one of his jokes 
was so simple and so dumb and the room exploded and i remember standing on stage angry at the audience i'm like why are you laughing at these are the because his first two rounds he wrote really good jokes and they gave him nothing yeah and then he started killing me with shit like i fucked pat's wife yeah, like yeah, that was yeah. literally the joke and people went nuts <laughs> the, people went nuts there's something weird about and i you know i want to take back what i said about the islands not being smart enough and i don't think that's what it is i think it's 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 certain jokes tap into like a consciousness that everyone can get mm-hmm. at at the same time yes and i think that's what it is is certain jokes you're like it's real only a few people are going to get because they just have that i don't know how to say it without sounding like an asshole but like uh, sound like an asshole frank but no not even for. like uh jamar neighbors is a perfect example of the way he does his roasting style sure his shit's so simple so it's straight to the point but it's so fucking funny yeah like when he said um <laughs> i think of like his battle against guy branham i think in my head every fucking time when he was like how you that it was something about donating blood and all that diabetes or some shit like that. Or yeah. how you that big and have all that blood and can't donate none of it or something <laughs> right, like that. It was right, right. so fucking funny, dude. Yeah, because yeah. HIV. He was, yeah, dude. It was, dude, some of the shit he would say was just so simple, so funny, and so quick, and it would just hit. And we some. Can, uh, we, can, we can say, like, even uh, styles make fights, but regions build styles, right? So yeah. Mm-hmm. Say, like, mm-hmm. the LA styles, that short, punchy economy of words, yeah. this is more. But the UK, because they build shows, right? They yeah. They build whole, like, you know, hours worth of material. Their style is more building to a punchline, right? Yeah. They have more words. They're yeah. not really about the economy of words. Yeah. But it seems like. even with that, that kind of format, you could still do it to where it's like every single line has a punch to where it's hard. And some people do that in the UK. And I think as they get better, there's going to, that style is still going to be a solid thing. Cause it's, but you're going to have those people who can hit punches for every single line and finally lead to that bigger punch. Yeah. Cause I don't think LA has that quite yet. Right. That was the thing that New York really specialized yes, in, you know, yes, back yes, in the yes, day. Yeah. When, Punches and bunches. That's a that's a great way to put it. Yeah. So you see a little bit of that from London. I love just seeing the different styles. Um, I love it all. I still love it so fucking much. It's the, it's the best. It's so fun. It really. I'm such a nerd for this shit. And I, I want to say, if they're watching right now, congratulations yeah. to Adam Green on a well deserved victory. But also, Jonathan, I I I love the jokes. I yeah. see what you were going for there. And uh, fucking dumb crowd, bro. Not your fault. <laughs> Not your fault at all. All right. So from London, we return stateside. And uh, frankly, it's a city that I was really hoping we could uh, get into the number one spot this week. I thought we I thought we had it, but uh, it's going to peak at number two. We're talking, of course, about L.A. The streak continues. We haven't we have not had uh, this is where the show started. And we have not had a number one battle this week, but this one came damn close. Um, this is uh, Guam Felix versus Nate Welch. It was a main event in the belly room this past week. This is the number two battle this week. Live from Los Angeles, Guam versus Nate. Let's check it out. This is Guam. This is Nate. This motherfucker Rose. Yeah. All right. Uh, Nate gives women ovarian cancer because he chews tobacco when he eats pussy. Smokes cigarettes. <laughs> and that was the singer, uh, Steven Seagalum. Guam looked like a sensei that teaches ta- Taekwondo cookie dough. Um, when Nate was little, he got kicked out of church because he kept on molesting the priest. <laughs> you look like Bruce Lee tried to transition into Chun Li. Guam also reminds me of the Buddha. 
But like if halfway down the path to enlightenment, he just said fuck it and went to Popeyes. <laughs> I love the spicy chicken sandwich. Uh, Nate's only had three girlfriends during his lifetime, and two of them are still locked up in his basement. Yeah, that sounds unfortunate. Uh, you look like you had a batch of bad fortune cookies. Uh, Guam also has been single for 17 years. And he gets really triggered when you call his sex toys dolls. Because they're action figures! Nate actually was on an episode of Maury, and he found out that he was the father and the uncle. You look like a genie that popped out a can of Axe body spray. Blom also looks like he starts all his stories with many moons ago. Nate's on a new reality show called Incest Survivor. Oh my God. That's, pretty, that's pretty funny coming from The Rock's cousin, The Roll. Guam's got three kids, two baby mamas, and one dumbass haircut. Each little knot in the ponytail is for another year he didn't pay child support. Come on, guys. Also, just look at him. You know he don't pay child support. <laughs> I, lo- I love jokes about how Guam doesn't pay child support. It's so funny because it's like if you look at Guam, you're like, yeah, that, that's that's plausible. There's a good chance he doesn't pay child support. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Even if, I don't. I have no idea if it's true or not, but it looks true. Yeah, <laughs> my prejudices tell me it's true. <laughs> uh, really good battle, man. Fun, great. I love Nate. I love Guam. They're both hysterical. Also, Guam's comedy can perfectly be encapsulated by that woman going, "What?" Or, "Oh my god!" Like that is. 100% how he is. Guam is one of the most consistent battlers I've ever seen in that oh, yeah. I've seen him battle 20 times, maybe more, and every battle he does five jokes, and three of them are not very good, mm-hmm. and one is pretty good, and the fifth one is the funniest joke I've ever heard. 100%. Every time. He every has, time. He has one. It's like a dude shooting half-court shots. Like Most of them don't go in, but when they do, it's really fucking impressive. Yeah, you're like, oh shit, he just won like half a million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> and he still wouldn't use it to pay child nope. support. Uh, so, so Guam is one of my favorite characters on the show. He's uh-huh. been around forever. He's a door guy. He dude. works VIP the yep. nights that he battles. Yeah. He, he doesn't spend any time walking around, pacing around like us, no. memorizing the jokes. He is just kicking people out of VIP. Then he goes up on stage, always entertaining, always fun. So funny. Uh, love the guy. But Nate. Nate's the one I kind of want to focus on because I, you know, I, I said this to him, but 
I've really seen a lot of growth out of Nate Welch. Absolutely. Raging Cajun, dog. He's getting better. Yeah, and the first few battles, it was like he didn't quite know what he was doing. He was yeah. trying to figure it out. But the last few, that guy has been on fire. He's figuring himself out. And I love that because roasting isn't just one of those things of like, you just go up, you write roast jokes. It really is like comedy where you find your style, you figure out how you do it. And it's been fun to watch Nate blossom into the roast battler he is yeah for sure and he he had a bunch of different shit there like when he opened the joke the the battle with uh steven Sagalum, and you look like you took taekwon cookie dough cookie dough taekwon cookie dough such a funny fucking first of word. all amazing back-to-back punches uh-huh. right but i got worried because i was in the room and i was worried i was like is he just gonna go puns the entire yeah, yeah, time yeah. and then he didn't really do another one the entire battle Mm-mm. it was like he grouped them together and then moved on and did something else no, no. but uh he had another one after that that was so funny uh the many moons ago line oh my god yeah so funny yeah such yeah, a it's yeah, a yeah. great ponytail like joke but without being like you know you're also kind of calling him old, yeah, it's, which, it's, which he is. So many different like layers, you know? yeah. Yeah, were, and 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 credit to Guam for uh, Nate went on the Mari show and found out he is the father and the brother or the <laughs> uncle or whatever the joke was. That was uh, that was outstanding. But when I watch Nate, I'm like, this guy could be one of the next up. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and that's what we're looking for, of course, in LA. We we've, we've been around a long time, as we referenced. You held the original Belly Room title. What was that, seven, eight years ago? Yeah, it's crazy to think it's been almost like a decade. It's wild. And now we're moving on and we're figuring out who are the next people who are gonna who are gonna challenge for this right here. And this is I had to bring this to the studio today because as you're you're watching this episode, this is scheduled to drop on August 16th. Later tonight, this is our roast battle championship. Uh, the belt wasn't this nice when you held it, was no, it? No, our the belt I we used to call the belt that was given to me the Betty Crocker belt, because it looked like (laughs) someone made at a belt out of cake and icing <laughs> we were ahead of the is it cake curve yeah yeah we were ahead of the is it cake curve <laughs> but now we have this nice shiny belt joe urell was the first guy to hold this is the main event championship in la i would say it's still the most coveted prize in all of roast battle and he will be defending it tonight against Omid Singh, the winningest battler in the history of roast battle. It's going to be absolutely insane. And if you don't want to wait until next week to to know who won and track the battle, uh, I have a new Instagram account I would like everybody to follow, at RBLcommish. We're going to be posting all sorts of roast battle stuff on there. It's going to be like the sports center for roast battle. And I promise I will have live results from that battle as they drop tonight so you can find out who's walking home with the big gold belt here. Yeah. So, uh, it's going to be great. Now, can I hold it? That being of course you can hold it. Absolutely. Oh, it's actually heavy. Yeah. Holy shit. This is actually really this is this got weight to it. Yeah, we we gave we gave it to to Joe Urell uh and he was so happy to hold it and then he was like please somebody take this away. I do not have, <laughs> I do not have the body strength to continue holding this thing. Um, while I do think that is the most coveted prize, while I do think LA is still the backbone of the roast universe, once again, I come here very impressed by another city. Uh, they were number one on the list in the first episode we did. They're number one on the list again this week. Chicago has been absolutely killing it. Um, and they have an absolute barn burner of a battle, uh, a slobber knocker, if you will, that's going to be number one this week on the list. And Frank, you are the perfect person to commentate on this because guess what? Two Latinos. Yeah, I love them. <laughs> we don't see that often on the show, so we had to bring in the champ here to comment on our number one battle this week. From Chicago, their second number one battle in the history of RBL Weekly. This is Gabe Alviso taking on Ken Flores. Let's take a look. Actually, before we start, real quick, I, uh, I'm excited to be here. Today's my 30th birthday, so this is very exciting. Thank you. Thank you. 
And uh, I just wanted to say thank you to the producers. They all got together and bought me the biggest Mexican piñata they could find. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, later on we're all gonna get blindfolded and beat the shit out of it. It's filled with candy and loose cigarettes. <laughs> Is that a roaster? The fuck? Yeah, I mean, they got Motherfucker, are you 30 and you dress like you five, motherfucker? <laughs> that he has some type of fashion sense. But no matter what he puts on, he never look cleaner than my neck, bro. <laughs> Yo, we can't even see your neck, dog. No, Cam looks like the Kool-Aid man with a criminal record. <laughs> but, but, instead, but, <laughs> but instead of smashing through walls, he's just smashing through the southern border. <laughs> and Gabriel's mom. <laughs> senior year of high school on purpose just to keep fucking freshmen. You, you look like you got your GED in a Taco Bell drive-thru. <laughs> yo, yo uh, Ken is, uh, Ken is uh, Mexican. Uh, his family actually snuck into America from Mexico, which is fucking disgusting. <laughs> uh, when they were sneaking into Mexico, his parents were like, Ken, are you ready to jump the border? He was like, jump. You know what? I'll just meet you there later. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Gary was so whitewashed he deported his own parents. <laughs> Sweaty. Even if he wasn't Mexican, he'd be a wetback. Oh! <laughs> Gabriel likes to call himself Tiger on Instagram. That's one way to say pussy. Though. Uh, seeing my Instagram handle is the only time he's seen pussy. I mean, <laughs> I, I'll keep going. <laughs> cheated on in every independent film. <laughs> and in real life. <laughs> yeah, uh, Ken, Ken is actually a great stand-up comedian. He's one of my favorite in the city. Uh, he hasn't been doing it for a long time, but he's really good. I, I'm just saying, Ken is so good at stand-up, he could do it with his eyes closed. <laughs> his eyes must be fucking Mexican, too, because they are fucking lazy. All right. <laughs> Game is so bad at stand-up, he's been looking forward to this show all month. <laughs> Turn at the second floor of the little village discount next door, bro. You look like you shot there, bitch. All right, All right last show. Last Ken, show. Ken, this is the last one? Oh, fuck. All right. Uh, uh, fuck. Which one are we going to do? All right. Uh, uh, a, friend, a, friend, a friend asked me, hey, is Ken a part of the Latin Kings? I was like, no, nah, that bitch is more of a Burger King. from California, but every time he says the word foo, homie, or dog, it sounds a little corny, and I couldn't put my thumb on it, but I finally figured it out. 
Because behind that pubic beard, Gabe is actually <laughs> just a white boy from Logan Square. Bro, that was that was that had like a that was like watching a fucking demolition derby. Dude, they did was, not take a breath. That they was just, so good. They kept going in. So great. Uh, by the way, shout out to uh, roast battle host Brian Moses, who who I, I'm not going to take credit for it. Cheech and Chimichanga. <laughs> it's so good, bro. He pulled out that picture like he was like, you from a private school. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Was Clarence's parents have a real good marriage. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it, dude. It was great. Uh, all the jokes I thought uh, was the gentleman on the right's name. Uh, the right was Gabe. I thought Gabe was going to take it. Yeah. Because he really started having that momentum in the beginning. But the gentleman on the left, uh, Ken, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just, it, I don't know, man. It very much felt like uh, watching uh, <laughs> one of my Thanksgiving dinners. It was like <laughs> he had like bigger cousin, like talking shit to you vibe. Yeah. And he just, it felt like he just had more jokes. He didn't run out of steam at all. No, not at all. And, and, you know, we talk all the time about how styles make fights. Mm -hmm. And you have Gabe with that sort of like, uh, I don't know a nice way to say crackhead energy, but that's yeah. where we're at. He's, you know, he's bouncing around. He's like, he's on fire the whole time. Just yeah. crazy energy. And then you got Ken who's just kind of like standing there, you know, laying back. Yeah, uh, very much like Buddha. Yeah, very much. Yeah, same body type, same joke <laughs> delivery, same the whole deal. Um, and it just made for this like really great fight because... You know, I, I've seen people who try to get by on just energy yeah. on the roast battle. They try to get by on just swag, and it doesn't work. Mm. And, you know, Gabe had a great combination of great Absolutely. joke writing and that energy, and it worked perfectly with Ken's laid-back style. Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, it was a very fun battle to watch. The whole, yeah, I got to give it to Ken, but it was like Gabe put up a great fight. It was all around. I loved it. Now, let me ask you this. You've seen probably a thousand roast battles mm -hmm. at this point, maybe more. Uh, was that the best all Latino battle you've ever seen? Uh, I yeah 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 no. Uh <laughs> 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 from way downtown. <laughs> um, was, it was very good. I got. I'm trying to think of the other battles that I've had that was Latino because Jesus never battled another Latino, right? And uh, Perez, actually, one of my favorite things about Perez, he made it a point. He was like, "I'm not battling another Latino," and I was like, "I love that dog." Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that was, oh, good. That that was, was a good. good one. Yeah, I like watching Digits because he's so much of a character. But uh, I think that yeah, I think that would probably be one of the best like just straight Latino battles. Yeah, because when you have two, because you know everyone, uh, you know the industry wants to think that those two Latinos are the same, but those two guys are very different. Very, very different. different. Yeah. They are both Mexicans, but they're very different kinds of Mexicans. So when you have those kinds of guys fighting or roasting each other, it's like even culturally, like those are two different cousins in a family that have been talking shit to each other for years. Yeah. So it was just so fun to finally see that culmination. It was like, oh yeah, I've seen this shit my whole life. This is great. Yeah, dude, the chemistry felt like they literally yeah. were doing this at the dinner table. Yeah, it was great. Like you said, that was uh that was awesome.